0: Hey guys, someone told me that that Tara girl on the Basic Snitches podcast is actually a jacket potato. Oh, I get it. That's a baked potato. And why would someone ever call someone else a potato? Because Adam is a rude bitch.
1: It makes sense.
0: But he's my rude bitch. I want to put sour cream on you, baby. Oh my god, that's disgusting. Okay. You are my rude bitch and I still love you. You're my favorite co-host. Oh, thank you. It's Basic Snitches time. I'm Tara. I'm Adam. This is Basic Basic Snitches. Snitches.
1: Before we finish this fabulous book, we want to share one more time about the other truly magical project that we're working on, Puffs, or Seven Increasingly Eventful Years at a Certain School of Magic and Magic. It's a play for anyone who's never felt like the hero of their own story.
0: So you can join us for 90, uh, (laughs) 110-ish minutes of marginally organized chaos, starring 11 of Northeast Ohio's most magical actors as we relaunch the Cabaret series at Broadview Heights Spotlights in September. September 20th through 22nd. You can visit our website, www.broadview-heights-spotlights.org for our tickets.
1: Yep. So check out everything happening at Broadview Heights Spotlights. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We make the magic happen all year long.
0: Yeah, theater. Yeah, theater magic.
1: Woo! So moving on, this is the last chapter of this book.
0: This is insane. I cannot believe this. Like,
1: I remember late last year, we were just playing around with this idea and starting to come up with a schedule and whatnot. And here we are.
0: This is the end of book
1: one. Approximately one-seventh in. I mean, this is the shortest
0: book. So... (laughs) Like it's we, fine. It's fine. We are finishing a thing. Good job, we
1: us. We sure are. It's crazy that we, we, we made this happen. So, without further ado, what happened last time?
0: So last time, we got through the exams, and then Harry had an epiphany about Hagrid, and the kids took all the matters into their own hands because they nosy bitches... And they went through the trap door together, and friendship is magical, and I love it. And it's time to award a winner and a loser of the chapter. So, guess we know Haggard loses another chapter. <laughs> Hagrid, it's it's a rough it's a rough go for you. He was the only
1: one to lose any points last time too.
0: It's more about Hagrid's mistakes prior to that chapter, but obviously that all catches up. So Hagrid is the loser of the chapter. I had a really hard time with the winner. I almost gave Neville the win because I love him so much. Because I love Neville. Uh, no shit. But I'm giving a win my first time ever giving it to three people giving it oh to my trio <laughs> i went all over the place i was like i'm gonna give neville the win no not enough then i was like i'm gonna give ron and harry a do do a win because like ron is like yeah i guess i'll sacrifice myself it's it was very lovely and harry just kicks ass with his epiphany but the trio wasn't complete without hermione and while what hermione does doesn't seem as remarkable at first because she's always smart like what she does is remarkable it is the true power of their friendship that gets them where they need to go to end this book so it is a triple win which is pretty fantastic yeah, that was chapter 16. Cool.
1: That actually very well mirrored my points for the first uh, time. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> Enough with chapter 16. Now it's chapter 17. Ooh,
0: 17.
1: Tara wrote the summary this time. So that means in our next episode when we have a summary, which will be ch- the first chapter of Chamber of Secrets, I will begin. So it'll be backwards. I'll be doing odd and you'll be doing even. Yes. All right, here we go. Chapter 17, The Man with Two Faces. Guess what? Harry was wrong about Snape. It was Quirrell! Also, Snape is a good guy. Except, yes, he does hate Harry, which Quirrell confirms. Just not enough to kill him. Quirrell uses magic to tie Harry up and then stares at the mirror of Erised and is trying to use it to get the stone. He explains to Harry how he became a follower of Voldemort, then tries again to use the mirror. It doesn't work, and a creepy voice tells him to use Harry. Harry tries to lie about what he sees in the mirror, which happens to be himself holding the stone, but he's a shitty liar, and the creepy voice, surprise, it's Voldy, himself tells Quirrell he wants to talk to Harry. Apparently, Quirrell is a two-faced bitch, and his other face is Voldemort. He rats Harry out to Quirrell, and tells him that Harry has the Sorcerer's Stone in his pocket. Then Quirrell tries to kill Harry, but can't, and they struggle for a bit. Then the super climactic scene about a teacher attempting to murder a child comes to an end and Harry wakes up in the hospital wing. Dumbledore is there just watching him sleep, which is kind of weird, but whatever. Harry has a lot of presents from people who hated him just a few days ago for losing house points. I guess you forgive a guy if he almost dies in a basement of your school fighting bad wizards. Harry and Dumbledore talk about Enflam and destroying the stone and how Voldemort used Quirrell. Then Harry asks questions that Dumbledore won't answer because he's Dumbledore and we all just get used to him not answering questions. Harry learns a little bit about why Snape hates him. Then Dumbledore totally takes some of Harry's pretty bath beans without asking. Seriously, Dumbby, it's polite to ask even if you know he'll say yes. And is rewarded for his thievery with earwax. At the end of the year feast, Dumbledore awards the House Cup to Slytherin, but just kidding, no, he gives last-minute points to our trio for kicking ass the obstacle course of magic hidden under the trapdoor. This ties them with Slytherin, but ties are not cool, so he gives another 10 points to Dumbledore because he is the best! And also because he tried to stop the nosy bitches from going down the trapdoor in the first place. So Gryffindor wins, fuck yes, says Tara. Not me, the now it's time to go home, which sucks, but you know what doesn't suck? This book, yay! Sorcerers for Lassiter's Stone, and Harry lived somewhat content to know that he could threaten his cousin with magic, even though he wasn't actually allowed to do it while he was at Privet's Drive for the summer. The end. Yay! Yay! That's the last one of this season of the six niches. For the record, in the book, I'm glad my Gryffindor wins because after everything that Slytherin has done, I'm still a Slytherin, so I gotta, you know, exhibit my house pride. So. Sure,
0: have your house pride.
1: <laughs> well, I can't because it was taken away by the Gryffindors in this case.
0: You oh. were a bunch of dicks.
1: Uh, hey, they were a bunch of dicks. <laughs> I was not included. I was not Hogwarts at this time
0: honestly like the house points system is bullshitting because you know like Snape just like gives people points all year long and that's why Slytherin always wins. Sure of course. I mean I guess that's what you would do. I don't know. Well, Ravenclaw was not far behind. Ravenclaw should be the ones winning. Yeah. I feel like Ravenclaw should win every year. This
1: Ravenclaw my... has their shit together the most. Although you know what I realized because Quirrell is a Ravenclaw.
0: Quirrell is a Ravenclaw. And
1: we got another dipshit coming up in the next book that is also a Ravenclaw. And I was like, oh, two back-to-back, huh? And then, of course, it stops with Prisoner of Azkaban.
0: He's a Gryffindor. Yes. But Moody was a Ravenclaw. Was he? Well, but cut it's all this not out.
1: Moody, so... Okay.
0: Well, that fucker
1: was definitely a Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the thought of, like, keeping this in and, like, half the people being like, yeah, and the people who don't know what we're talking about being like, what? fuck is this right but yeah back to Quirrell Ooh, it's Wait. Quirrell what oh my god I bet nobody expected that coming we've been mentioning World of Mort now for World of Mort for a couple episodes <laughs> but yes quarrel is actually the bad guy and what i actually really like about this scene is that he answers so many questions that we've been asking he multitasks like a
0: fucking badass he's like here's what's going on also i'm going to like magic ropes around you small child because i know how to multitask because i got two faces <laughs>
1: But two phases does not mean two brains. And we did mention a few episodes back as well that multitasking isn't the best skill to have.
0: Depends Uh, on how you use it.
1: Well, he gets Harry trapped and then he's just kind of focused on the mirror. And while he's answering all these questions too. So things like the whole thing with the troll and what (laughs) happened to Snape's leg. Snape uh, refereeing the Hufflepuff match. They even touch on seeing Quirrell in Diagon Alley at the beginning the day before mm-hmm. the break-in at Gringotts happened. all and these Harry's little like, elements. oh, I should have known.
0: <laughs> all Harry, it's your fault. All these
1: of the mystery are being revealed now by Quirrell. And I hadn't even thought about that last one, you know, Quirrell being at Diagon Alley that, that day before. That's, right. That's something I really enjoy here is he kind of clears everything up and the things that have been major points of our discussions uh, yeah. this entire time.
0: I love that Quirrell says to Harry, you're too nosy to live. Well. (laughs) You're fucking with these people's plans. Yeah. You're too nosy to live. I mean. It's so funny. I was amused.
1: Hey, remember when we said that there were lessons in all of these chapters? This one is don't be a nosy bitch. Don't be a nosy (laughs) bitch.
0: You won't get tied up in the basement of your school and murdered by your teacher. Yeah, which is ironic because Voldemort
1: isn't nosy at all.
0: Oh. (laughs) (laughs) So in like the question answer time with Coral and Harry where we're like, we got to figure out how to explain all this to everyone harry's just like but what about snape what no snape sucks tell me more about why snape is not the guy like (laughs) he focuses a lot on snape
1: yeah well even says in the book that harry just wanted to keep on talking keep Mm -hmm. him talking keep him distracted he doesn't know what to do yeah Yeah. (laughs) which is actually a great tactic here too of course if Voldemort didn't ask Quirrell to get rid of the ropes and have Harry approach him. It makes me wonder what would happen next.
0: Yeah. Know? I'm so curious to know how old Quirrell is. Why does he know about Snape and James? He's like, your father was at Hogwarts with Snape and they loathed each other.
1: Well, I wonder if some of it could be Voldemort telling him this. Yeah, I wonder if some of it. But is I mean, Voldemort
0: just... also wasn't at Hogwarts with them.
1: No, a lot of these wizards, um, McGonagall and Dumbledore, we've talked about recently. They know so much more yeah. than just what is presented to them. Things like James being on the Quidditch team, mm-hmm. for example, little things like that, where there is some history to it. Perhaps it's also things that he knows from Peter Pettigrew, or other people may have known from Professor Lupin, and things like that. So yeah, I think that there are some ways for them to dig a little deeper and know what Snape's background is. Plus, I mean, who knows? Maybe Snape has been more forthcoming.
0: That's true. And, I mean, maybe Quirrell did go to school with them, because they're young. I mean, Snape is like 33. Snape is our age. Yeah. Which, one of my reasons why I'm like, Really? Mm-hmm. fucking get it together but i feel like do you feel like you, you have always them. have it together though i don't mistreat children in my classroom well, i fair. mean i don't teach but i do coach speech <laughs> i don't mistreat my speech students fair I'm just saying i don't threaten to poison their pets hey
1: you just said have it together
0: that's fair okay <laughs> let me clarify what having it I together accuse... meant in that statement because i ain't got it together guys. i did not
1: accuse you of anything other than being a hot mess sometimes well that I am. Which happens to the best of us. We're all hot messes um, in our own right.
0: Other than Harry being like, oh, I should keep talking to Stahl. He doesn't seem scared. Harry seems resigned to whatever happens.
1: That's a great point. Like, he's
0: like, I, you know, I mean, and in, in, in the last chapter, he was like, if I have to die, like, or, you know, Voldemort will just come finish me off with my aunt and uncles He's 11. He's a lot more brave than... <laughs> but you're like, oh yeah, I guess
1: I have to die. Okay. This makes me think of something that Dumbledore says later. And that's, to the well-organized mind, death is but the next great adventure. And it's something that Harry seems to exhibit a lot here. There are several things, including this, that make me also think of the complete end of the series. Oh. And that's all I can say about that. It's... it's too early to talk about that.
0: It, that's why I said that. Because I was like, wait, hold on.
1: And there are so many other things I actually want to say about that, but really, really can't. Like,
0: I mean, yeah, the discussion needs to be saved, so I get it. Yeah, Yeah.
1: Um, and like there are some things that we don't mind kind of spoiling, but mm, that needs to be saved for another time. The whole organized mind thing, in particular, in that quote, really makes me think mindfulness is something I have talked a lot about in the past. If you've got a well-organized mind, I feel like that takes a lot of practice to do. I mean, I'm sure there are people out there who have it a lot easier time of becoming mindful and everything. But to me, that means you're not needlessly overthinking or worrying about things. You have just this calm awareness you have the right amount of confidence etc this is something that takes many people a long time to achieve there are some days where i can't even achieve any semblance of that you know Mm -hmm. like thus is life just like i said a couple minutes ago everyone is a hot mess sometimes we found imperfections in the characters in all of these chapters but even despite everything that harry has been through in the last 17 chapters he is like completely calm in this moment and it just makes me think that harry must have terrific mindfulness skills
0: maybe those aren't exactly where it is but perhaps
1: Uh, yeah like i mean some of it is of course just he is completely courageous oh yes i think ever since the norbert chapter no we've seen some characters kind of Go up and down uh, like Hagrid, like Ron, and even Harry. That wasn't his his proudest moment, but he has. Rebounded, I think, in great ways. These last three chapters in particular, things uh, like him realizing the mystery behind the egg, some of his actions during the scene in the Forbidden Forest, even just his strong leadership skills at just 11 years old as they're going around the catacombs under the school, solving all of those puzzles. It's pretty outstanding. And I mean, I think back to the other thing that we've been kind of making fun of, And that is Ron having a peaceful life. At that age, at 11, there are some things that you haven't really experienced. You know, Harry's had a lot of things happen to him already. Abuse, neglect, the death of his parents, all the sad things that Tara usually likes to bring up, but I'm doing it for her this time. Um, What will I talk about? (laughs) You know, right? You'll find something. I know you will. (laughs) You know me. But yeah, he's he's experienced so much, but there's still so much that he hasn't. And some of those hardships that he still has to explore (laughs) and learn about later perhaps also have him being a lot more calm. You know, being at 11, he has the mind of a kid. He doesn't need to practice mindfulness quite as much.
0: I have a question for you. Yeah. So, when Harry and Quirrell are fighting to the death, and you have a fucking adult who can use all the magic and a child, and you're like, well, this isn't an even match. But then Harry realizes that, like, Quirrell touching him causes Quirrell pain. Why doesn't Quirrell just use a Vada
1: Well, it even says something like that that he's about to
0: Because like you hear you hear the screaming from Voldemort kill him, kill him, kill him, whatever.
1: He doesn't have his wand at the moment, does he? As he's touching him, he drops his wand. Maybe. Maybe. They definitely
0: don't say that, but I guess we could just assume that.
1: But that that's something, I suppose. Also, like, I mean, if he's screaming in agony. There's the one moment where he like gets ready to cast a curse, or it says something very similar to that, and Harry just reaches up and touches his face. That's true. And, like, that's a bit of a distraction, you know? So, I mean, if you're doing anything and someone runs up and touches your face, it's easy to get distracted. <laughs> so... This this is true. Yeah, if I'm going about my day, please do not come up to me and touch my face. So, I will I will probably that. scream in agony because I don't like to be touched by people, but...
0: So, we've talked about, like, the nightmares that Harry must have. What about the nightmare of having this professor who taught you all well, year now have Voldemort on the back of his head
1: like I know
0: he's all the nightmare there are so
1: many other things like I said in terms of experiences and his child he's had a lot but he's got a lot more to learn I mean there are so many other things the other line that comes to mind is things could be worse it's like oh you just wait I mean it's got to that's got to be something terrifying there are times when like something that i do in my normal life impacts my dreams and that alone seems super real when it's crazy you right? ever had that happen to you oh too. yes
0: because i'm not a person that remembers my dreams very often but every now and again i will wake up having had these dreams that were so real while i was having them mm-hmm. and then i'm like wait what i had dreams about recording this and being like well i already recorded that or I don't have anything prepared and I'm like I do have things prepared or but usually I don't remember dreams and then when I do things like that happen and I'm just like I need to sleep yeah. more probably
1: we <laughs> all need to sleep more one of my brothers just got married this past weekend And prior to the wedding, I was having dreams about something happening at the wedding, but it was just realistic enough that as I was getting ready and going through the motions of the rehearsal dinner and everything, I had even been thinking whatever it was had happened. I've since forgotten about it. Or... So, yes, I, I can imagine that he would have some based on these things that are happening right? to Right. Absolutely.
0: Can we talk about the actual climax of it with Voldemort's, like, you should save your own life or whatever. And then Harry does the, you're a liar. And they kind of do that whole, like, I don't know. It, it just feels like a very predictable action movie type thing. Uh-huh. Where it's like, oh, here's the good guy. And here's the bad guy. And they're revving to fight. And then, boom, they're like... Fighting and quarrels, like literally strangling Harry and then Harry realizes that he can't touch him and all of that. I think that this is so much more action-filled than I realized before. I think the movie kind of tainted us. Where the movie is very action-filled, like you do fine with that. I was reading it and I'm like, this is really very in depth. Harry felt Quirrell's hand close on his wrist. Then he has all of that pain in his scar. Then Quirrell lets go of him. Harry doesn't realize that Quirrell feels pain touching him. And so Quirrell tries again and that's when he like starts strangling Harry. And Harry is in so much pain probably one from being strangled and two from like his forehead burning or whatever that he's like pushing at Quirrell. It's so much more in depth. I'm like oh they fight for a while and then Harry realizes he can hurt Coral. If the next paragraph weren't there, you'd be like, is this child okay? You think Harry is stronger than Coral because he has the ability to hurt him. Then everything goes black. I didn't realize it's like three or four paragraphs of really in-depth, wonderful action writing that explains what's going on
1: we see a little more of the inner monologue of Harry.
0: That's so important because, you know, you can't have that in the movie. Yeah,
1: that is something that really jumped out to me. Exactly because of that reason, but also the way that it transitions into mm-hmm. the next scene with Dumbledore. Then they said something like, he looked up and he saw something gold. It was the golden snitch. I was like, what? <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> but then, oh, but then I'll wait. It was Dumbledore's glass and he wakes up. It's almost kind of a cliche that we've seen in other things, like someone coming up out of a coma or something, and they're just like screaming. Or they're like they come to this realization, Oh my gosh, you gotta stop
0: this thing. Because well, the last thing he remembers is being, you know, in this life or death struggle yeah. with Quirl and then find out on the next he was unconscious for three days. Yeah. So there's a lot to that. we yeah. <laughs> waking up and there's Dumbledore <laughs> just staring at you.
1: So that's the second part of
0: this chapter. Yeah, is... there are two separate sections.
1: Yeah. Quirrell answered a whole bunch of questions. And now Dumbledore gets to ha- answer all these questions. And <laughs> once it's... he wants to. Yes, that's true. But he is very open about like, you know, I can't really tell you. About mm-hmm. you unfortunately, you're going to have to wait until you're older. Or
0: well, and... I'll never tell
1: you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so fun going back and rereading because you're like, Oh, I know the answer to those questions. Or mm-hmm. I know when he's going to realize what the answer to those questions are. It also reminds me of way at the beginning where he meets Hagrid and that was the first time he so, was able to ask questions. Yeah. And now there's all these other questions being answered to, to kind of wrap up the book just enough so that the majority of the conflict in this book is wrapped up. Things like, where did I get my, Invisibility cloak, or what's the deal with the Philosopher's Stone? Is yeah. he going to die? All of that. It's done really, really nicely, and it sets up the mystery for the following books quite nicely.
0: I love it. Harry's frantically asking all this stuff, and, and Dumbledore's like, hey, Madame Pomfrey's gonna throw me out, you need to calm the fuck <laughs> down. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Madame Pomfrey is amazing. Yep. dumbledore is one of my favorite quotes here. The truth is a beautiful and terrible thing that should therefore be treated with great caution. Like, Dumbledore, you treating a little too much caution to the truth, but okay, I do love the quote, and I love the back and forth where Harry's just like, well, Snape, and he's like, Professor Snape, okay, Dumbledore, this child was in a coma for three days, (laughs) he almost died, give it a rest. I think that Dumbledore,
1: out of anybody, you know, McGonagall knows more than she lets on, Mm -hmm. and I mean, same with Quirrell, He, he knew more than you originally think. At the very least, he knows now, okay, you know that Snape isn't the bad guy. He isn't the one who is after the Right. Ring. Yes, he hates you, but maybe it's just kind of level setting there. Yeah. I mean, Gordle tells professor. Harry
0: he's not the bad guy.
1: Yeah. So I think that might be some of it. Now that is true. He has been in the coma now for three days. And like... Give I him a break. It's kind of amazing in that same way because, like, he comes out of this and is asking, like, all these questions that are very pertinent.
0: And then when... He's the boy who lived. He's special. <laughs> blah, blah. Harry
1: and Ron, when they come in, too, it's just complete reliving of everything
0: yeah. that happened. Yeah. Like, 11-year-olds so should be talking about, so I did shitty on this exam. Also, over the summer, I'm going to go do this thing with my family. They're like, let's talk about the time that we all could have died. Yeah, Let's do that. Well, That's a great...
1: I think so soon after the coma, because of course they are going to be concerned about what has happened too. I wonder though if they already know a little bit of it for several reasons.
0: I'm sure that they know <laughs> something.
1: Dumbledore even said, like, naturally the whole school knows. There's that whole I think that,
0: Is that in the book or is that only in the movie? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Also, the reactions are just, like, almost too out of character. Like, the whole thing where Hermione screams when he tells her that Voldemort was in the back of his head. Yeah. It seems a little out of character for Hermione, but it's also very cute. I think that it might be more... They're being good friends to him, and they're happy to see that he is... He's back.
0: Can we talk about how Ron asks the question of the book? Do you think he meant for you to do it, said Ron, sending you your father's cloak and everything? Uh. Yes! <laughs> he says earlier, he's like when Harry's talking about Nicholas Flamel. it was like, Dumbledore, he says, oh, you did do the thing right. Dumbledore set this whole shit up. This whole fucking thing <laughs> up. I can't with him. That's interesting then,
1: too, because there's all of these save holds. Mm-hmm. Like, why?
0: Like, Dumbledore was there on... On time to save Harry. Like he says, you know, I got there just in time to pull Quirrell off of you. Yeah, like he knew. What kind of game were you playing, Dumbledore? And the rest of the series, this is like the series in miniature, giving Harry all of the tools to solve the puzzle, to save the day, and not telling him what he needs to know. Mm Mm-hmm literally that's what the series is but this is like a miniature version and like he's waiting to see what happens yeah. like dumbledore's waiting to see what happens and see how it comes together and thank god it did and this child wasn't murdered yeah maybe she didn't know if she would finish the whole series like this oh. book as a whole could be just a story it could, it could kind you of want to alone. know more but at the same time you're like okay because it honestly is to me it feels like the series in miniature yeah a little bit with oh, dumbledore's like puppetry and stuff
1: i think i remember when i first read this too like getting to this point and there is a nice wrap-up at the end
0: mm-hmm.
1: it does leave some things just open enough
0: you can be like speculative
1: so it gets you excited and stuff but there are other books that really leave you hanging Mm-hmm. You know, a four comes to mind. It's right. Like maybe the exactly. Talking about, like, Dumbledore leaving it open for Harry to solve. Mm-hmm. And my thought is okay, what's your reasoning behind this? There's the lessons that he learns, I think, and showing everything that he is capable of doing. And another one of my cliches is the growth that he and Hermione and Ron experienced through all of this, um, among others. But I think Dumbledore wants Harry to confront Quirrell and ultimately have Voldemort revealed to him. Mm -hmm. I think that is the one thing that is different because Harry is approaching Quirrell. Yeah. If Harry didn't do this and Dumbledore just caught Quirrell looking into the mirror, Quirrell could fall back into the whole act that he was putting on. Absolutely. Or or like, you know, pleading insanity or something like that. Yeah. Whereas this is a way to actually reveal Voldemort to him I'm sure that Dumbledore knew to an extent that that Harry touching Quirrell would give Quirrell pain. That is ultimately the way to kind of finish it off. I wonder if this whole time Dumbledore knew that Voldemort was there in the back of Quirrell's head.
0: I don't know.
1: Like before he was possessed by Voldemort, did he always wear a turban, you know?
0: Well, he didn't. I think that that is like kind of hinted... Um, Because I think that when Harry meets him in Diagon Alley, he has not been possessed yet.
1: But isn't that the day before the stone goes missing?
0: That's why I'm not sure. Because he shakes Harry's hand. That's true. So I don't know how that all works. I don't know that Dumbledore knows that Voldemort is actually possessing Quirrell. I think Dumbledore absolutely suspects Quirrell. I mean, that's why he said Snape, to keep an eye on it. I don't think that he's like Voldemort's on the back of Quirrell's head, because I think if he suspected that, he would get rid of Quirrell. Yeah, there are
1: other ways to get rid of him. There's also been the signs that something is up with Quirrell. Like, we've been able to see them. It's not until you go back and read it fresh that you see them, perhaps. Yeah. But uh, there are things like um, in the past couple chapters, we didn't really touch on it too much, but I think it was in your summary. Quirrell was whimpering in one of the classrooms mm-hmm. and they automatically assumed that Snape was coming after Quirrell for yeah. some
0: reason. Oh yeah, that's...
1: Things like that that are were actually left more open. Like you don't see Snape there, so... No, if, you don't, but... If you're not thinking about Snape in that instant, like it is a little bit more
0: peculiar.
1: Mm-hmm. Things are not what they seem. Right,
0: but you're looking through the eyes of Harry who feels very prejudiced towards Snape because Snape's an asshole, to him especially.
1: The only other thing I want to say about this scene is, and I touched on a theme that happens much later in the series, and that being the, the quote that Dumbledore has about death being the ne- next great adventure. Mm-hmm. But the other theme here is love, and that is a theme throughout as well, and especially at the end of the series. So that's all I can say about that. But I think it's really, really nice. And it's funny that you say that this almost seems like a mini part of the series, because all of those themes that you see throughout are here, they
0: also, this is when Harry gets his book from Hagrid.
1: Yeah. Oh, so cute. Do you just, have anything on the very last scenes here I, with the end of the year feast?
0: I do. I love that Madame Pomfrey is like, I have to make sure you're okay to go because she is just badass. And yeah. I like that we don't get a lot of Madame Pomfrey in this book because we don't get Harry in the hospital wing until the very end. Yeah. Where you get you get Ron in there, mm-hmm. sure. But, like, you spend a lot of time with Harry in the hospital wing in later books. Yeah. To get more Madame Pomfrey. So you can see how great she is. But we get her at the end. I love it. Like I said before, I like that Dumbledore's afraid he'd kick her out. (laughs) And then she's like, Ron and Hermione can't stay more than five minutes. Like, all of that or whatever. And he's April 15. She's so cute. But, yeah, I do love that.
1: Earlier when Ron was in the hospital wing, too, we mentioned her. But this really is the first time we see Madame Pomfrey.
0: Yeah, like, doing her... Madame Pomfrey, awesome business. Yes. <laughs> I love her. She's great. She's like an unsung hero of yeah. the whole fucking series. Yeah. She really is. Time to talk about the House Cup. What do you have to say, Slytherin winner? Yay, Slytherin wins. They were right. Oh, wait. Just kidding. Yeah. The people who get the worst out of this is Hufflepuff. Give Gryffindor some extra points. Dumbledore, fine. Like, that's some crazy shit. Yes, recognize them. You have to give them enough points so that they, like win everything i mean either way that puts hufflepuff in last place but i feel like it hurts less if hufflepuff gets last place and gryffindor gets like 40 points and then gryffindor beats them sure but like they don't go from last to first (laughs) as a gryffindor i'm like cool gryffindor wins the house cup but I'm also like. It's pretty unfair. I mean, uh, like the point, the, the amount of points they earn are not even the problem. I'm like, they did things that earned them really, really great amounts of points. They earned those points, but this is the end of the year, and like Slytherin, in their whatever bullshit ways, came out over Ravenclaw again, probably at the last minute, like always. Like Ravenclaw probably is winning all year, and then they're just like, oh, Snape did the
1: Snape math. Snape
0: does some math and and whatever, but like. The Hufflepuffs are like, okay, we're not in last place. This is cool. Oh, wait. Dumbledore, who was a Gryffindor, who runs this school, just going to give out some extra points. (laughs) And not only is he giving out some extra points so that Gryffindor beats us. No, they beat everyone. Yeah. It's very unfair, but it's also, like, abusing, and they won the House Cup. And like I said, those four children deserve the points they get. I'm not saying they don't deserve them. It just feels like... Uh,
1: what a stab hey uh if you guys come to puffs like we've been telling you to third or nothing is one of the slogans for the show and this is where it plays in and that's all i'll say but it's said much better in the show so we'll see you there yeah it's unfair of course
0: like it is but it isn't you know i'm just like i want to be mad about it for the sake of like the storytelling and Mm -hmm. for the other students at the school but i'm also like they did earn those points you know, you what know? Would
1: almost make more sense is to take away points from slytherin
0: but what are you taking them How away are for do that? Yeah, yeah like they didn't i'm sure they did something to like have points taken away but no one caught them or took them away yeah. so i mean
1: they could have just said 170 points from draco malfoy for being a little fuck
0: i mean and then if i were in charge of points you know that's what would happen <laughs> and then guess what
1: happens everyone really hates malfoy and slytherin because rather than, like, taking them away before they win the House Cup, right. it's, like, right at the last minute. I don't know if that would actually put them in fourth place. I don't say. know, because
0: math, but yeah. either but way. I
1: that still also puts Gryffindor in third, mm-hmm. if it does, and then Ravenclaw wins. But I,
0: it's fine, whatever, yeah. storytelling. Yeah. And then, of course, everyone goes home,
1: oh, and there's that last home. little thing of then coming back out on the uh, platform nine and three quarters. We see Molly and Ginny again. Yay! We unfortunately see the dipshit muggles again.
0: Here they are, and the Weasleys are like, hi, we're nice people, and they're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Of course. Um, I love the thing with Hermione, she, like, looks over at the Dursleys, and It says, she's shocked that anyone could be so unpleasant. Like, her parents are dentists, and the Dursleys are unpleasant. This is a thing. Oh, of course. I mean, also, I'm sure her parents are very nice dentists. They
1: always describe him as being purple.
0: Yeah. Back
1: to to Dursley land. Um, It, it says how Vernon is so unpleased that he's holding a cage with an owl in it. So yeah, of course we had to get back to there to show, okay, he does go back to live with the Dursleys. He does go back he's, to live with the Dursleys. It, just because he goes to Hogwarts, it's not, every everything can't be perfect. <clears throat> that just last little thing of, hey, they don't know that I can't do magic. But right. And I'm using the premise of it. So, and that's how the book ends. Ready for the movie? talk
0: about the movie. All right.
1: The biggest thing for me that is different, and there are several differences, but of course it's that Quirrell doesn't crumble when he's touched.
0: Harry literally murders Quirrell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, I can I can my my okay. Like, I'm like, no, that's not yeah. Harry. To me, that is the worst thing that they do with mm-hmm. the movie book thing. And like Harry discovering that he can hurt Quirrell... In the book, and obviously in the movie too, is a survival tactic, but he like makes this active choice to shove his hands on Coral's face and make him fall apart. Yeah. And like, that's not Harry. He wouldn't do that. I don't like that.
1: Like we had just said, I think it was in the last episode, he's not a killer. He never wants to actually kill or harm anyone. So it is a little bit out of character. I wonder if they do it this way because it's an easier visual to show in a movie than an internal dialogue that he gives. I
0: think see. so because like you have that in, in the book it says Harry realized he could cause coral pain and yeah. then that, that is his survival tactic. You can't show that Or they just wanted
1: to be like, hey, we want to give Harry even more nightmares. <laughs> so, so Harry in the movie has more nightmares. Also Daniel Radcliffe
0: made... now has nightmares. <laughs> yeah. so like, like he's filming whatever movie he's doing now and he like wakes up and he's like why do I still have <laughs> dreams about Ralph Fiennes? <laughs> with no nose like, you know? <laughs> well, yeah. I'm 30 years old now I
1: don't to do with this seeing that on the back of Pearl's head wasn't enough now we have to see him like crumbling uh. and we don't get that like ghostly vision of Voldemort flying away and like kind of knocking Speaking
0: back. Speaking of flying, Quirrell flies at Harry. He <gasps> flies in the movie. That's right.
1: Oh my God.
0: And he's just like, cause why don't you give me that stone in your pocket and whatever. And then like Quirrell literally flies at yeah. Harry. I'm like, wait, wait, what? Yeah. Which I'd forgotten. And then I watched it. And I was like, well,
1: that's, that's true. And so that's likely another like, oh, here's another movie trick. Movie things. Show. Yeah. I mean movies. Because there's no ropes.
0: No, he's just like yeah. standing there. I'm like, why isn't he yeah. gonna fucking run?
1: Because of this, of course, the entire transition into the hospital wing is completely different. Right. Unless questions are asked.
0: The stone looks really cool. I like oh, that it's yes. red and like not round. Like I like that again it's very there's crystal-y. some. I think, like, the rapid-fire questions are a really nice way to close it out. Yeah. Like, because you're still in this anxiously-led space. Mm-hmm. You just had Voldemort fly through him and him, like, fall to the ground. And then the next thing you see is him waking up in the hospital wing. You don't have that feel of, like, turning the page or moving to the next paragraph. Yeah. You literally, he wakes up and, like, you got to get through these questions. You have, like, two minutes left in this movie. Let's do this. And the rapid-fire questions really were... I- I like it. It's a good scene.
1: Some of this is also straight out of the book, too. Yeah. The whole thing. Alas, earwax. That oh my is right God. out of the book.
0: And he's so mm-hmm. charming. Of course, we don't see Ron
1: and Hermione coming back into the hospital wing. But I don't think it's terrible the way they did it.
0: I love that they're waiting for him. Yeah. It's
1: cute. I think it's actually quite cute. He's dismissed from the hospital wing and he comes across them. I don't know. It's a nice little friendly moment. Like you said, the book isn't given to Harry from Hagrid until It's right like the last scene. The very yeah. last scene. Which is um, which is
0: nice. As long as yeah. I, I like that he gets the book.
1: This goes back to what you said a couple times about Petunia and Dursley not having any pictures of
0: them. Yeah, he's never seen what his parents yeah. look like until the Mayor of Erised. said Dumbledore's robes as he gives away all the house points. <laughs> Those are great. Him and Madame Booth P- have the yeah. best fucking costume. Well, and just put Maggie Smith in that goddamn green Oh yes, wizard's absolutely. robe. She looks fucking great. But Dumbledore's robes in that final scene are really cool. I <laughs> I get really excited about these robes. <laughs> I want wizard robes like that. Are you
1: kidding me? Of course. <sighs> oh, Jeez. God. The very last thing about them going back onto the platform in King's Cross. Eh. We don't need oh, it. We don't need it. Although, you know, I... Did just think of one other thing about that, about King's Cross constantly throughout this entire series. Again, it's another thing that we see at the very end of the series. King's Cross is almost like a symbol of transporting from one place to another. Of course, it's a train station, but there's some additional symbolism with that that I'm not going to get too much into. And we kind of see that here. It's the transportation out of this book into the next.
0: I also like that... I mean, yes, we get it in the second movie and stuff. The whole thing of, like, the hover charm and, and Dobby and Harry not being allowed to use magic. I'm okay without having the conversation where Harry's like, oh, Hagrid, I'm not allowed to do magic outside of Hogwarts. And, and then Hagrid's like, oh, just threaten Dudley. Like, I think that's handled just fine rather than yeah. Harry, Ron, and Hermione having that conversation. And, yeah. like, the last thing being Harry being like, I'm Looking not going home, not really.
1: Yes, yes. That is a much uh, better way to end this, I think.
0: I don't know if this is a better way, but I really really love it it's a good visual and movie thing yeah because again yeah, they're way, they're think. different mediums
1: i will say that specific line the way they do it i would have liked them to have that line of like well Hagrid, you know we can't do magic it's almost like we have to like push this in there so that it sets up the next movie mm-hmm. okay oh yeah um, especially with the things that Dobby does.
0: It's cute that, like, in the book, Harry is like, they don't know I'm not allowed to do magic. Like, ooh, mischievous yeah. Harry. It's more of that, like, innocent Harry, yeah. where Hagrid's like, you can threaten him, and he's like, but I'm not allowed to do that. He's like, they don't know that. Yeah.
1: We talk about how he's kind of, like, assumed this leadership role later in the book, but in the movie, I think he does remain more innocent throughout. There are a few things that he does in the movie that aren't very characteristic of him, like, taking notes in potions class. Like, putting his hands up against... Murdering a person. (laughs) I mean it also made me think too at the end here this really isn't part of the movie per se i wonder if that had anything to do with i don't know maybe he had a chemical reaction uh, to that unicorn blood or something that made his skin very brittle you know, right? you know maybe right it, right it wasn't because yeah.
0: harry has love inside oh, him you have
1: a cursed life yeah because you're gonna crumble when this boy right
0: because you were drinking unicorn blood because yeah. you shouldn't do that that's right okay final points for this book
1: Here we go okay negative 50 to vernon because i have another chance to take points away from vernon (laughs) because fuck that guy it's been a while (laughs) that was wonderful in one of those episodes i was like this is our last chance to give take pit points away from vernon nope this is my last time in this book negative 100 from quirl because well
0: quirldemort
1: yeah quirldemort plus 10 to madam pomfrey because she didn't get any the last time we talked about her, and we talked about how she deserves points. We actually see her, and bitch deserves points, because we love Madden and Agreed. Plus ten to Hagrid, particularly for giving him that book. I think that's great. Just like I said, how you had mentioned that Petunia doesn't keep pictures of Lily around, and this gives him that. I think that's great. That actually ties the whole thing together so well with the Mirror of Erised thing. Plus ten to Molly Weasley, because yay, look, it's Molly Weasley. (laughs) Yay! This is a little bit controversial, and this is not the Best character in the book but because we learn so much about what he's done in this book to protect harry i'm giving 50 points to snape okay we realize Snape's gonna win
0: shit in the future it's fine yeah
1: I think Voldemort
0: might win shit in the future
1: oh shit (laughs) I mean
0: Dolores Jane Umbridge will never win anything but Voldemort might have a lucky day
1: Dolores Jane Umbridge is knocked out in the basement of that castle we've already covered that (laughs) it does not at all say anything about his character. okay when I say his character I mean his personality Mm -hmm. and his motivations for doing things Mm -hmm. such as abusing children Mm -hmm. this does not at all justify any of his actions but I think he has done some things and so I'm going to give him just a little bit it doesn't bring him up top tier don't worry about that and then 75 to Dumbledore all of the gestures at the end all those questions that he answers returning the cloak we learn a little bit more about some of Dumbledore's reasoning for doing some things Mm -hmm. we've talked about how far people have come in this book this book started with him leaving an infant on a doorstep. And here this we are. This is true. Of course, he's an old man, uh, obviously. But this really shows how much further I think he's come. So 75 to Dumbledore. And last but not least, in the first episode, I accidentally gave you 10 points. So I'm giving myself 10 points. Very nice. <laughs> so book ends. <laughs> so.
0: Can you give yourself points?
1: Yes, I can. I feel like Dumbledore would give himself
0: points. (laughs) 50 (laughs) points to (laughs) (laughs) Dumby.
1: I was going to give myself 11 because I was like, I'm going to be terrible. But I'm like, no, I'm going to be fair. Only 10 points. I mean, I'm
0: in Gryffindor House, so like, I get it.
1: Nobody else really has like a non-round number worth of
0: points. Because math is stupid.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Which is actually brings us sort of to the end of the episode but speaking of points very soon we will be giving the full tally of who won the house cup if you will because i tallied up all the points from everyone i've given to and i've also sorted them into houses or categories because things like Ferenzi and the dursleys and argus filch they aren't in a house So I categorize them and that kind of is a nice segue into what is coming next.
0: In our next episode, we are going to introduce you to one of our dear friends who is very new to Harry Potter and we're going to be talking about the first book and movie with her. We will kind of do a little wrap up of the book. How we're feeling about where we are in the series. And favorite things that have been discussed over the last several months. Yeah, and we'll talk about what we're excited about for Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. We'll take a little bit of time off and be back for season two. And focus on Puffs. Come see it. Yes. Yes.
1: If you need any information about that, rewind to the beginning of the episode. And also,
0: you can just reach out to us through here. Oh, yeah. That's fine, too. Yeah. It's us, so... Even
1: though we won't be posting episode for two weeks after the next episode, um, episode 18, we are still going to be active on social media. Like, email us, basicsnitches at gmail.com. Like us on Instagram or Facebook, at basicsnitches. Yeah, talk to us. Answer some of the questions that we give our friend in the next episode.
0: Tell us about you. Let's all be friends. Yeah,
1: There's been some requests for guests. And so this is one of our attempts at this. But we have a lot of other ideas for the future. So if you are local or even if you're not and you are interested, hey, why not reach out and tell us what you think? So that wraps it up. That wraps up the book.
0: Cheers, friends.
1: We'll see you yeah. soon.
0: Next time we'll be reading nothing
1: because we will be
0: reading nothing
1: it'll be actually i mean i have like five other books on my uh list right now we're
0: not reporting about those books so it doesn't matter no and i mean
1: oh let me know if you're interested tell us what you're reading all right that's it we have done three episodes in a row and it's 10 good night good night see you next time how many minutes do you think that was
0: um uh an hour and six minutes (laughs) yes (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes <laughs> what? Uh, we've been recording for hours and hours through back to back but she still got it I <laughs> uh, was a good when, guess when I added this down it might not be an hour and six minutes so don't call bullshit on me well now it's 107 but whatever <laughs> okay ciao bye Basic Snitches is produced and recorded by Adam Bowers and Tara Corkery, edited by Adam Bowers, and published by Tara Corkery via Podbean, and is now available for download wherever you listen to podcasts. A special thanks to all of you for taking the time to download and listen to our podcast, and we hope you enjoyed us. If you enjoyed us, please be sure to rate us five stars and leave us a review on your listening app of choice. And if you didn't enjoy us, then I'm sorry you're so angry. Please also connect with us. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Basic Snitches or email us at basicsnitches at gmail.com. We're excited to get more messages from our fans and want to hear your perspectives and answers to questions we ask in the podcast. Catch you later, snitches!